It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What is going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Uh, hopefully the audio a little better for you this week. I'm pretty confident it will be. Thanks for joining us here for Lacrosse Classified, episode 201. 201. Jake Elliott and Santino Farah back with you here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. And Tino, uh, welcome back to Lax Class, man. How are things going? How was the weekend? What's new? Uh, I w- not a whole lot is new. Uh, thank Thanks for welcoming me in there, Jake. Uh, weekend was good. It was like super busy though, man. Like, to be honest, uh, like we're going to, I know we're going to get into the draft a little bit later, but mm. I've hardly had any time. I feel like I haven't sat down until right now since like Friday night, I was like working Friday night and then work sa- uh, Saturday morning and then straight from work to an engagement party and then straight from the engagement party to my team's wind up. And then, uh, what did I do on Sunday? Oh, Sunday I was at that uh, the BC Sixes. Oh yeah, well, uh, good like, because I didn't get a chance to make it out to that, so I want to talk to you about that. Yeah, uh, it was great. Shout out to uh, I, I'm I'm planning on talking about that later uh, later gotcha. towards the end I of the gotcha. podcast. But yeah, gotcha. yeah but uh, yeah, quick shout out to Keith Gagne and the, and Connor and Randy Clough because um, it was like over, almost overwhelming with how how positive it was it was like such good vibes there there were like a couple little altercations here and there in the games between some of the players but like it was handled pretty quickly and and you know like nothing major that you wouldn't expect but just overall like teams traveling from places to get here there were so many people playing like, like massive everyone... amounts eh? and it was a two-day yeah. event as well like saturday and two-day Sunday. event yeah saturday and and all day so what, sunday were you, you announcing or were you playing no i was just filming so oh. Like we didn't really have any paperwork of like legitimate, like set rosters. So it would have been like really tough to do play by play. That would have been like, what a goal by number 16. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it kind of wasn't super realistic, but I was there filming it for Keith for BC sports TV and, yeah, just overall, just like unbelievable vibes. And, and there was some high end talent there too. Like I saw Turbo was there doing his uh, cement mixers, which might be my favorite thing on the internet right now. You seen that? Uh, I have not. Okay, but... so Garrett McIntosh, and he's like trying to start a trend here, and and some other guys are starting to hop on board with this, Tino. And I don't know if you're a big pre workout powder guy uh, with your jack frame over there, <laughs> but. Uh, Cement mixer. He takes literally a big scoop of pre-workout and goes straight in to the gullet with it, into his mouth, and then takes a sip of water and then shakes his head furiously to mix it up and then downs it right there with one gulp. Just build different, I guess. Uh, Yeah, cement mixer. (laughs) Uh, Check it out. Garrett McIntosh. Uh, But yeah, no, so I saw Turbo there, and I know there were some other high-end guys uh, in the elite division, but there was girls teams, boys teams. And listen, when, you know, Randy Clough wants to put on an event, this guy puts his mind to something. It usually is going to be successful, if not all the time. And 
I heard nothing but good things about it as well. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get out there this weekend. I had a lot going on as well. Man, Cup was happening. The Beer Hunter Cup, of course. Tino, uh, shout out to my alumni who teamed up with Bishops this year and took down the title for the first time in over a decade, I want to say, for the alumni boys. Beat the firemen from uh, the city of Burnaby, which uh, was was pretty tasty. So that was a great day. Uh, Tons of you know, guys out there playing as well. The Poon Squad, of course, uh, doing their thing. Uh, and Tiki's was out there. The uh, the National Champs, the Beer Hunters, um, there as well. Actually, what am I saying? The alumni did not win. The Beer Hunters won uh, for the first time ever, uh, which was crazy to think about, that these guys have been doing this for 14 years and have never won the Beer Hunter Cup. Well, they did this year, so I might just have to edit all that out. Well, I guess it's too late now. <laughs> But um, I was reading, I was reading an Instagram post talking about the alumni team, how long it had been since they won, and somehow I got, I might have had a few uh, Cottage Springs on on Saturday. Might might have might have played a role in uh, that little f up there. So, anyways, uh, Beer Hunter Cup, uh, fantastic day as usual. Fourteenth going down. And uh, we may talk about that a little bit later as well. Man Cup, of course, two games are in the books. Uh, well, three games by the time that you listen to this, because we're recording here just prior to face-off for game number three. Game number four goes tonight. And if necessary, we again, we won't know. Like, maybe Peterborough won yesterday or today, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, so we'll see. They'll go three, four, five. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then a day off, then six and seven on Friday and Saturday to finish off the Man Cup. Uh, what else? Got my weekly round, uh, their doubles on Sunday. And then football, of course, was happening on Sunday as well, Tino, which, uh, you know, opening weekend, got to take in a little pigskin. Don't forget the PLL was mixed in there. Too. Yeah, PLL. Uh, I thought the tweet from Geiker was so good. I don't know if you saw that or not, Sent. About box across. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yep. You know, he's kind of like, oh, wow. Would you look at that? The two teams with the most Canadians and box lacrosse players made it to the premier. <laughs> and can I just say as well how happy I am that the Whip Snakes are finally not in a finals appearance? Yeah, I'm okay. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, the, the uh, chaos have become sort of like Team Canada with the amount of Canadians they have on their team. But, like, give me a champion that doesn't have a red jersey, please. Give me any other colored jersey. I'm so tired of seeing the chaos and the whip snakes in the final. So now it's it's eye emojis and red jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you've been getting inundated with eye emojis lately, Tino. Oh, yeah, and for the people that are listening at home that don't have the behind-the-scenes look, on the Zoom call, Jake's background is uh, just the eye emoji. Uh, awesome. I, I mean, I guess that means we have, like, good interaction on socials because I've been getting flooded with people sending me eye emojis on yeah. Twitter just, like, nonstop. I so shout-out to the classmates, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Um, and speaking of that, just, you know, big thanks to everybody who is – sent out a message, a DM, text, whatever it is about reaching 200 episodes on Lax Class. Uh, much appreciated. Makes me feel good. Keeps me motivated to, to keep this thing going and, and try and get better each and every week as well. So uh, appreciate all that as we roll into episode 201 here. And lots to talk about. Uh, like I mentioned, two games of the Man Cup in the books. Uh, we talked a little sixes. We talked Beer Hunter Cup as well. 
Uh, we got Pete Dalladay. Well, I got Pete Dalladay because you're not going to be there for period number two, Tino. But I will be. I'll go one-on-one with the voice of the Peterborough Lakers and the Halifax Thunderbirds. Peterborough proud Pete Dalladay uh, will join us in period two. Evans back in period three, of course. We got our Lax Class Lux. A little bit of a unique one this week. Uh, I'm going to throw a prop bet in there. I don't want to ruin anything quite yet. But Evans back uh, for period three. Report cards coming up as well. Stallions and little thing we like to call the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Yeah, big focus. Big focus. Oh, that was a good one. Big focus. Thank you. <laughs> uh, big focus brought to you by, you forgot to remind me, Tino. I reminded myself. Rycor Construction. They make it stand out, just like the big focus. Interior and exterior renovations, decks, fences, kitchens, bathrooms. Over 15 years of experience serving the lower mainland and making it stand out while they do it. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook or the website, www. RycorConstruction.ca. Um, big focus. You mentioned it. NLL entry draft going down in Toronto. Shout out to uh, the crew there, DK and Ashley and Patty and Teddy, who did a fantastic job during the draft coverage of the first round, which went by pretty quick for draft standards. I would say I I like the. You know, the the in-depth coverage for the first round, I think it ended up being, what, 23 picks in the first round of a 15-team league because of the compensatory picks, uh, and then did the rest on social media. But uh, I thought, I thought I liked it. I kind of liked the way that went, and it's a bit of a downer for those guys that don't get to hear their name called live and in person. But I thought overall, pretty nice job by the entire uh, league and crew and everybody uh, on the NLL draft. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I I was thinking today when I was kind of like thinking back on on everything that I was able to see the the production quality of it. Like first of all, like you said, shout out to everyone that was on there between uh, Pat and Teddy and uh, Devin and Ashley. They did incredible, and I think all of them were deployed into into roles that were perfectly fitted to them. Mm-hmm. But the just seeing like seeing them all behind the desk like the tsn desk that you see on like these big hockey events like the world juniors or wednesday night hockey or whatever today when i was thinking back on it it makes me super excited and optimistic and hopeful for like what it's going to look like next year for example and even like what the production side of things for for games are going to look like next year because we're finally seeing a ton of effort and quality being put into this stuff investment Tino. a ton of investment and it's it's just getting me so excited for what the future looks like because of you know like i, I was thinking back as well today like i, I mean I'm, I'm switching sports to hockey here momentarily but like i look back at like the the draft that Sidney crosby got drafted and it sort of looks like they're in this like rented out ballroom out of a hotel and everyone that's that's all the draftees are like sitting at these tables like it looks like they're at a wedding and then you look at where the NHL draft is today and they're in these full arenas and day one is sold out for the N or for the NLL draft to be, in my opinion, a little bit above what that Sidney Crosby draft was like, for example, I'm 
super optimistic now for what it can look like in you five, know next ten, year or yeah. five years, yeah. ten years exactly. I thought the so, one thing that they it was kind of like when they did the big wide shot with the stage up on the stage. You know what I mean? That looked kind of weird to me. Like it kind of looked like I don't know. You're waiting for a Christmas concert to start or something. <laughs> so I. I would have liked to seen them maybe tarp off with black tarps, uh, you know, the exit doors and that sort of thing to make it a little more intimate and maybe could have used some branding up on the stage. But, you know, now we're getting into nitpicking here and I don't want to do that. So fantastic uh, job on the NLL entry draft. And let's run it down here, man. Rochester with the number one overall pick, Thomas McConvey from Mimico and Virginia. I don't think this was any surprise that this guy was going to go number one. Rochester trading with Las Vegas for that first overall pick, and they get their guy and exactly what that Nighthawk team needs. Yeah, and you know what? Like, It's hard for me to take anything else away because of, I mean, like Patty ran down all of these guys like so well. So, you know, like I'm mostly familiar with some of these local guys. Like I'm just looking over this list as well. Like I, I, my first glance went all the way down to 11, Brett Dobson going to Georgia. I'm really excited about that pick for Georgia as they're going into a new era of, of goaltending. I think he's the perfect guy to fit in there. Who else? I'm just going down the list right now. Well, yeah, Dylan, Dylan Watson to Vegas. Um, so another lefty shooter there, Vancouver, of course, Tino picking at number three and they go out and get Owen Grant from the Toronto beaches and university of Delaware. Shout out to the blue hands. A lot of beaches going too. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were just in the Minto cup, so that kind of makes sense, but Owen Grant, you know, far from what I can understand, I haven't seen this kid play a lot. I'm not going to lie to you, but from what, I can gather talking to people is that he is head and shoulders above the next best defender in this draft, like way better than any other defender in this draft. And I've also heard he's got like shoulders and hands, the size of Ward Sanderson, which may be a little bit before your time, Tino, but this was a feared man with paws, the size of a grizzly bear. So I you get this kid on that back end with the likes of, of Bowering, I, I'm real excited. They're going to have to wait a year. He's going back to school, but they could not pass up on Owen Grant, and it's going to be okay for them to, to have to wait here, but when they get this kid, he's going to be worth the wait. And from the sounds of things as well, and just from watching him this past Minto, like, he's just generally an athlete, and I'm glad that you brought up Bowering, and I think a lot of people have brought up Bowering as well as like a one-two punch on the defensive end mm. with... uh when Owen Grant comes up as well, but it, it's, it sounds like th- like this kid, he's going to go out as a, def- as a defender. He's, he's a big body, like you said, but just in general, he's just a fast athlete yeah. that likes to ball. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. If like we've seen with Bowering, he pushes, he's pushing the transition and goes to the goal like a ton of times. He even said in his interview after he got drafted, like when I think it was Ashley that asked him like, what's your style of play? And he's just like, I like to play fast. Yeah. Like you love to hear it. I mean, that's just have to be frothing at the mouth with a guy like that. That could literally be the slogan for the national lacrosse league play fast because yep. that's what the league is all about. So real excited to see Owen Grant in a warrior's uniform, uh, Alex Simmons going to Albany. They get some left-handed help there out of Denver, Syracuse, St. Catharines boy, Panther city picks up Jason Knox. From Burlington, Austin Madronic going to Saskatchewan from Victoria. Uh, Will Johansson, I know, was, you know, like Vancouver was flip-flopping. Do we take Johansson? He can play now. Or do we take Owen Grant? And that was the, like, again, 
could not pass up. Even though you got to wait a year for this kid, they had to take him. Will Johansson goes to Albany. Uh, Glenn Clark will obviously know him very well, spending the summer in Nanaimo. The former captain of the Orangemen, Orangeville Northmen, Zach Deacon, goes to the Riptide. Goche from the Edmonton Miners, uh, who just declared for the draft very late, ends up in Panther City, and that's probably a pretty easy connection with one Jordan Cornfield, uh, a member of that staff there. They did not pass up on Goche. Van Sheppen, uh, Tino, that's one of my favorite names to say in lacrosse. Van <laughs> Sheppen going to Calgary via Brampton. And then we get down to Dobson, and the list goes on. Bobo Hunter, uh, Kurt Steyer's son, going to Halifax. Uh, and that was kind of a theme of this draft as well. What was it? Four, uh, not siblings. What's the... Kin, I don't know what you call it, man. Sons of either coaches or managers of teams going to the same team that their father or whatever works for. Kind of an interesting yeah. dynamic there. Bo Bo Hunter being Super one. Cool. Jake Govett going to the San Diego Seals. Um, Austin Hazen going to Rochester. So, And then there was a couple that didn't. Like Tiger Clark ended up with Philadelphia. Uh, obviously, Glenn Clark and Albany. So there was two of those. I think there were six father-son combinations. Four of them ended up with their dad. Two of them didn't. And I like I have one more name highlighted on my list that I can't believe you haven't mentioned yet because you've been pumping his tires all season. Colton Lidstrom yeah. going to Panther City as, as well. I think that's going to be a really good pickup for, uh, for them. And I think I think – like since you've been talking about him so much, I was kind of paying attention to him a ton this season, which I think is kind of what you're trying to do as you, as you start noticing these guys more and start trying to pump their tires a little bit. I think he's going to flourish under TK there in Panther city. I think that's going to be such a good fit. Flourish. Been a while since I heard the flourish. Um, Word of the day. Absolutely. So all the results are up there at NLL.com. You can click on the draft results. They're all listed there. But just getting back to Vancouver here, they go out and get uh, Marcus Clarich, Burnaby Jr. Laker, who, I, you know, he played some senior A down the stretch uh, for a number of different clubs, Langley, New West, Burnaby. Um, like the looks of Clarich, they get Aiden Solomon from Victoria. I think he could be a real sleeper pick. I know Teddy was super high on uh, Rob. Can't remember his first name right now. I think he went at 77. Let me pull it up here. Brian Rob at Indiana University. I think another Victoria guy. Vancouver gets Trent Kellner from the Langley Thunder, which I'm super excited about as well. I've been hyping Trent Kellner's game all summer long. So I think a real nice job here from Ken Thomas and Dan Richardson in the rest of Vancouver's draft. And then they you know, got a guy out of High Point, a guy out of Cornell that they may take a bit of a flyer on and see how they pan out. A goaltender at a junior B as well. So, But I think all this does here for the Warriors, Tino, is it adds depth and adds competition coming into training camp where some of these aging veterans on this Warriors team better get on their horse here prior to training camp because they're going to have some young, hungry, motivated players coming to try and take their job. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you said, with the like the motto or the mantra of the league could be like, I want to play fast. Like, I think that's going to be like a theme we're seeing with these young kids coming into Vancouver as well. I mean, we'll see how many of them make the team that there's a, you know, like, I think a lot of them are probably going to need like a year or two of seasoning, maybe playing some games in the ALL or going back to their junior teams or or whatever. But a lot of local talent 
for Vancouver specifically in this draft. They did go out east for a, for a couple of their picks, but yeah, I think this training camp is going to be awesome. And it's also so interesting to see these players that do end up going back to their junior clubs after having an NLL training camp. It's so interesting to see how their games developed. Yeah. Even after just having like a week around, you know, NLL veterans checking them, goaltenders trying to stop them, what have you. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right on that, Tino. And, and listen, I, there's something to be said for, for loyalty and, and having your guys and, and sticking with them, that sort of thing. But I really hope with the new coaching staff here with Troy and and Flipper and, and, you know, put Audrey in that conversation as well, that this entire roster comes in with an absolute clean slate regardless of what you have done for this club in years past regardless of what you've done in this league years past that everybody's coming in with a fresh slate here and the best 23 or 24 guys are going to make this team regardless of of their their history here and let's just pick the best team and and who earns it at a training camp yeah and and you've I mean, we heard Mitch Jones talk about that when we had him on the show uh, a handful of episodes ago, how, you know, like there's a little bit of a culture change that needs to happen. And there's there were some like internal things that were addressed, um, you know, within the team themselves. And now with this new coaching staff coming in or mostly new coaching staff, there is going to kind of be that culture shock and and a clean slate for a lot of guys. And I, I think that's going to be great for the Warriors, just like you said, obviously, you know, we're we're keeping the segment of like Vancouver specific, but you know, some changes need to happen with this team if they want to make that next step. And I think this could be a perfect opportunity. For well, it. listen, they're getting a new mascot, Santino. So <laughs> uh, why not have a new roster to go along with it? I saw the boys out in Robson Square today. Mitski, Bowering, Hammer, Mitch, uh, we're all out there. Canvassing. Did you see what Jones drew for his submission? <laughs> the, the, t- the tomato? The, at, the, like, at the apple tomato? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> oh, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. We're work on that. So I'm at like there's nothing I'm excited to see is is uh what they come up with for a new mascot. Oh, and we haven't even talked about the helmets that they teased. Oh either. baby. I I saw well, I don't even know if he was supposed to do it. Um because Dave Sheldon, VP operations there, tweeted out from the draft table the helmet and you know, took a picture, we're looking forward to adding new players to our roster, this and that. Well, I got sent the the home helmet today. And he's like, do not share this. <laughs> so oh. I was like, okay. So I've seen both. And, you know, they are a massive upgrade from from what we saw last year. And I would border to say maybe the nicest helmets in the league to go along with maybe the nicest uniforms to go in the league as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. A lot of neat things happening in Vancouver for this upcoming season. And uh it's going to be here before you know it, man. We're going to turn the calendar into October, and training camp is at the end of the month, which is kind of crazy to think about, but super exciting at the same time. Yeah, I can't wait. Bring on the NLL. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, what's next here, Tino? You know what's next. Saddle up, partner. We're heading for the stables. <laughs> what was that i was working on that one all day what'd you think not your best (laughs)
<laughs> it sounds like you're coughing. I don't know. Well, you, hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, get back to the drawing board on that. We've reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stables. Uh, the Michael Winklers, the proprietors of Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Still back there in Peterborough with the Langley Thunder, who are up 2 nothing, and who knows what it's at now after Game 3, which, you know, this is kind of confusing, recording on a game day, but this is the life we're living right now, people. So it may get a little confusing, but stay with us here. So Langley, 2 nothing, Could be 2-1 now. Could be 3 nothing. I don't know. But they're back there, and uh, Kevin sent me a message. He goes, you know what, Jake? Thanks for not being politically correct and uh, just saying I'm all in the thunder. Because once you get back there and you get the hostile crowd from the Lakers and you kind of feel like you're on an island a little bit, and there's probably a pretty small contingent of thunder faithful there. And those guys got to stick together in, in, in the PMC. So... Uh, Stampy Tech, uh, big supporters of Western Wear and the Langley Thunder. Check them out online, stampede.ca. We're shopping online, still shopping local. You know the deal. Hats, boots, jeans, belts, buckles, lassos. They got it all at Stampede Tech in Western Wear as they sponsor the Stallions of the Week, Tino. And you were up, my man. Who you got? I mean, okay, so I'm going to game two. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to game two, which I mean, like just a quick aside, seven goals in overtime, like wild. Do we but, talk? We got to talk about this game too. So before we get to this 16, 11 in game number one, I think Langley caught Peterborough a little flat footed. Maybe they, you know, I don't know. Didn't come out and play their best game. You knew they were going to counter punch with their best in game number two. And this was about as even, maybe one of the best lacrosse games I've ever seen, Tino. I don't say that lightly. But this game, game two of the 22-man cup, was insane. Like, absolutely bonkers. I think it was 2-2 after one, 6-6 after two, 11-11 after three. But how they got to 11-11 is the craziest of crazy things. What was it? Six, seven seconds? Scott Arnold might have a different opinion on on that, Tino, but uh, we won't go there. But ball thrown down the turf. If you haven't seen this, it's on my Twitter, but for the listeners right now, ball gets thrown down the turf with about six seconds to go. Connor Robinson races back into his own zone, picks this thing up in the deep corner, so the left-handed, the right-handed side of the floor, and all in one motion, picks it up, turns, and fires an absolute missile of a pass all the way up the floor, across the floor, into the right-handed corner where Curtis Dixon is standing and put it right in his pocket, who has the wherewithal and fortitude to pass up the shot, make one extra to a wide-open Dane Doby on the crease, who bangs this thing home with what was point one left on the clock to tie up the game and send it to overtime. Absolutely bonkers. Nick Thomas, the Western ref, if he would have called that thing off, he would not be able to come back to this province. I'm convinced of it. (laughs) So he did the right thing and called it a goal. You cannot call off a play like that. I don't care how close it is. But that wasn't the end of the drama. They go to overtime and they take a full break, which they shouldn't have done. It should have been a two-minute break because they're going to play a full 10 minutes. Then they trade punches in overtime a couple of times. Langley holds a one-goal lead. Timeout Peterborough in the final 20 seconds. 
Thomas Hogarth scores with four seconds left in overtime to send it to double OT, where then they take another full break. That was the right full break to take. 20 minutes of sudden death. It goes, what, five and a half minutes? Dane Doby gets around Polly Dawson underneath, dip and dunk. Vintage Doby for, I think, his 10th point of the night and the game winner. So he had the tying goal at the end of regulation and the double OT winner to get the 2-0 series lead. That game was crazy. I just, uh, I'm going all the way back to, to Doby's a game tying goal, that pass might be the, one of the best passes I've Listen, ever seen in my I, entire life. You know, a lot of people talk about the Paul Gate over-the-shoulder cross-field pass to, I can't remember the other guy on Syracuse, and Gary, I think, finished off the goal. They call that the greatest pass in lacrosse. This trumps that 10 times over. The way, if he's right-handed, he cannot even make that play. And the fact that it was in the dying seconds of the Man Cup, and it's a blind 200-foot laser right into the pocket of Dixon. On a rope. Unbelievable. I think it's the greatest pass I've ever seen. And I'm, yeah. not, like, I'm not sugarcoating that. I truly believe, say what you want about the Dixon pass to Doby and Doby finishing it, the pass was, was everything on that play. Yeah, that pass. And like, so I know obviously there's some controversy like going on with people saying like the, the buzzer already went and all that kind of stuff. Just for just for a second, taking it at face value because it was called a goal. If if that pass, I think, is like lobbed any more than what it than than yeah. what it was, yeah. it's it's not into like it's not in time. It's over. And my other thought there was that has to be the scariest situation in the world for a goalie. The two guys that you're looking at directly in front of you is Curtis Dixon and Dane Doby, and they're passing back and forth. Like, what do you even do there? Well, I don't know how Doby gets left open like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's the difference between a one, one series and a two, nothing series. And who knows what we're at here when you're going to listen to this podcast, but Holy cow, man, that, like this Langley team, and I and I said this going into this series, that Peterborough was not the Peterborough that everybody had seen over the past three man cups where they were just loaded at every single position and unbeatable, really. And this Langley team, they were up to nothing in 2012 against the Lakers and then got reverse swept. That's not happening to this year's team. I, I can tell you that much right now. It may still go the distance, and I kind of feel like it might, but it's it's not going to be over in six either, if it is. And I said this right from the get-go, that I think this is the best chance that the West has had to win in the East in quite some time. And they're two wins away now. Yeah, and to be honest, like, like honestly, I don't have any... Like I'm completely impartial. Whoever wins, like, like in my opinion, you know, where you're a Western boy here. We have not man, won a man. We cup. are getting, we are getting some of the best lacrosse I've seen in forever. That environment yeah. looks unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think we're being robbed if this doesn't go seven games. And you know, like, okay, obviously, I guess if Langley wins, like, it'd be okay. Like, right on, like. 36 years, 36 years, Tino, since the West has won a man cup back East. That's too long. That is way too long. I don't care if it's Peterborough, Six Nations, Brampton, Owen Sound, whatever. It's time for the West to bring home the man cup and the Langley Thunder are two wins away from doing it. You better get behind your hometown team here, Tino. 
And uh, I didn't know the Berards are in the Man Cup. That's crazy. <laughs> but anyways, good segue here into the uh, uh, into the stallion or yes. my stallion of the yes. week because this guy is doing everything in his power to try to get his team this win. I know he's been in before, not that long ago either. But Frank Shiliano in Game Two faced eighty-two shots, <laughs> and on top of that, has an assist credited to him as well. So. Frank Chiliano, you're going back in the stables for myself because that is insane. 82 shots, yeah, stopping 68 of them. That's a Oh, lot. my God. That's a lot. I mean, Frankie right now, I think that's honestly it's been the difference in the series is that Langley has just gotten a little bit better goaltending than Peterborough has, whether it's been Bucking or Vince. And Frankie right now is probably making four to five saves a game that he has absolutely no business making. It's crazy how, and I'm not saying this is that Frank having as good of a season as he's had. I'm not at all saying this is all reliant on him using the Woody, but it is crazy how, you know, like me personally, when I see Shiliano making or going to make that save, we are going post to post and they're swinging their arms and their stick up. Like when, when Shiliano is in that motion, I'm assuming save as opposed to assuming goal. And I don't think that's necessarily just because of the wall or him using the Woody, but obviously it plays a factor. I just think that's the confidence that he's playing with right now, where I I'm assuming save before I assume goal. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And this, this young defense just does. I don't think they know any better. They don't care that they're in Peterborough and going up against the three time defending champs. They're just going out and playing lacrosse. Like they have all year long. And early in your career, maybe they just like uh, it, they don't know any better right now, and I don't think they care. So we'll see. We'll see. I I had a hard time picking between two stallions on the Langley Thunder, Tino, and I don't think I'm gonna pick between the two of them, Curtis Dixon and Dane Doby, who I think are if they don't have forty, it's like thirty nine or forty one between the two of them in two games, forty points between the two of them in two games i don't know what they did last night and who knows what they'll do tonight but Dane toby and curtis dixon are just magical together absolute magic they're going to be playing in san diego together in case you hadn't heard yet either look out for the seals uh when these two are clicking I don't know how you stop them. I don't think you can stop Doby and Dixon on the same team. And then you sprinkle in Robinson and Church and Scanlon. Like this, this is a unit on offense here for the Thunder. I I don't think, and this is no disrespect at all to the Lakers defense, but I think your best bet if you are trying because you're not you're not gonna hold either of those two guys to zero points. Like you're just not. Impossible. You're you're, you're just trying to minimize it. So like I almost wonder if you know the mindset is like. Let's see how much we can get them off the floor. Like, let's try to goat them into penalties. Yeah. Let's 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 see what we can do. And I don't mean that. Like I said, no disrespect. Not saying that the Lakers' defense isn't capable, but like I said, you cannot you cannot expect to hold those guys to zero points. What's your next best option? Like, do as much as you can without them on the floor. Doby just looks like he's on a mission. You know, like he just will not be denied. This is his first time in a Man Cup. Might not ever get back there. I think Langley's got a pretty good chance to get back there next year at home, but he's not passing up this opportunity to try and win a man cup. And when you got Dane Doby that kind of motivated, 
I just I don't think he can stop him. I think Curtis Dixon said it uh, in, in a post game interview. He thinks Dobie's the best player on the planet right now, and I have a hard time disagreeing with him. And if he's not, Curtis Dixon is a close second. So welcome to the stable to Big Frank. Curtis Dixon and Dane Doby, three stallions going in this week, courtesy of Stampede Tack. Welcome to the stable. All three of you, you are this week's stallions of the week. Period one is done. Period two is next. Pete Dalladay, voice of the Lakers, joins us on EP201 here at Lacrosse Classified. Back after this. This is Robert Hope of the Colorado Mammoth and the Chamber Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. EP 201 into the second period we go. Uh, now being joined by the voice of the Halifax Thunderbirds, and maybe more importantly right now, the Peterborough Lakers, as we run down one Pete Dalladay for the first time here on Lax Class. Pete, welcome to, to Lacrosse Classified. Thanks so much for doing this. How are things? Hey, Jake. Yeah, I'm a rookie, so uh, take it easy on me. <laughs> things are good. No, you're no rookie whatsoever. I was actually going to start with that, Pete. How, how long have you been doing this for now? Oh, man. Well, I mean, lacrosse has just been in the family since since I was a baby. I mean, I'm from Peterborough, right? So every, it's hard to not be around it, but just grew up with it. My uncle played in the old pro league and uh, my actually my uncle Jim, who just uh, passed away out in Nanaimo not too long ago, uh, was a was a decent player as well. And he headed west uh, back in the 70s. He never did come back. Uh, to a lot play. of Peterborough just, guys do that. Oh, they, man. They, they, he, yeah. they get out here and they're like, yeah. West Coast, Peterborough, and the decision becomes pretty easy. It's so, well, for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for the weather and for the lifestyle. And so, yeah, I just, so I've been around it a long time, played just a little bit. And then uh, as far as broadcasting is concerned, I guess, with, with lacrosse, probably the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, you know, since really the Lakers started, uh, you know, back in 04, I guess, when they started uh, hosting Man Cups again. So it, it's been a good run. What, what got you into the, to the broadcasting game? I couldn't play anymore. That, that was, uh, <laughs> um, well, I grew up with it again, going back to that. My, my dad was a longtime sportscaster here in Peterborough and, uh, with two brother-in-laws that played lacrosse at the time, he, he just naturally got into it. Although he was never a lacrosse guy. He was, he was more of a hockey guy, but really learned the game and started broadcasting lacrosse games in the seventies, those great sort of, uh, red Oak teams. And then, uh, and the juniors, I guess it would have been, um, you know, the James gang and, and some of those teams that were real good teams and now in the Hall of Fame. And so that's how I got into it, because he did it. And uh, then eventually I sort of almost took over the family business, if you will, if you want to call it that. And, that's cool. You know, as you know, it's just I mean, I do a lot of hockey, too. Yeah. But there, which came nothing... which came first? Was it hockey or lacrosse? For you? Yeah. I started doing play-by-play in hockey first with the Peterborough Peets, and uh, and I love both games. But at the end of the day, you know, there's just something about hearing that ball uh, on the floor and the sneakers. Well, not so much on the turf anymore, but yeah. uh, here anyway. So there's just something about being at the rink in the summertime, and and uh, that that drew me into wanting to be there. So uh, we're right, as you say, right in the middle of the Man Cup, and it's uh, the best time of year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been great so far. We're going to talk about the Man Cup, of course, but I, I want to get a little history check on you here. You, you've, I mean, you said 20 years in the game here. You've seen a lot of great players uh, come through the PMC over the years, uh, lacrosse-wise anyways. Uh, do you got a 
couple of standouts, your favorites maybe that you enjoyed watching play or calling games for? Ah, uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, it's a bit of an odd fact. I've actually, I'm one of the very few guys, not too many people would know or even care about this fact, but I actually played with both John Grants. I played one game with John Grant Sr. I was only like 20 years old and he came off the bench uh, wow. to play to play a couple playoff games. And I was just in awe. Like, I'm like, what is happening here? I'm actually playing with John Grant Sr. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I played a full season or so with Junior when he was like, 15 and our best player, you know, at 15 years of age yeah, uh, for yeah. the junior Lakers. So that's pretty neat. So watching John Grant senior and JJ Johnson and Paul Evans and all these legends, um, you know, I'm a little too young to remember the Bobby Allens of the world and the Johnny Davises, but uh, I, I don't remember watching them play, but certainly those teams in the seventies and eighties. And then most recently watching and broadcasting, you know, I mentioned junior uh, Tracy Kolosky who, you know, um, you know, just lives five minutes away from me here. Uh, you take these guys for granted, right? Because you see them at Champ Sports Bar, or you're seeing them at the rink during the hockey season with your kids, and you take it for granted how good they were because they're buddies of yours. You don't appreciate it, but those are two names for sure. And then who is better? Who like, is better, senior or junior? Oh wow. Um. Well, I mean, <laughs> junior doesn't come to Peterborough that often. You're going to see senior probably tonight when you. When you I'm going to yeah. I see senior about three times a week. So I I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say senior. But I mean, I owe a lot to senior as far as anything I do in lacrosse or have had a chance to do. He's just always inspired me. He's always pushed me. He gave me the gears when I quit lacrosse when I was a kid and took up baseball. And every year when I would see him, he would just give me a hard time, jokingly, of course, but he eventually wore me down and I went back to playing when I was 19. But, uh, you know, senior with a field stick would have been interesting. I know he played a little field lacrosse, but he never used the Tupperware, as he calls it, in the box. So to see that light stick in his hand and, you know, hard to compare, Jake, as you know, but I tell you, when you needed a big goal, I saw junior score a lot of goals with under 20 seconds left with under three seconds on the shot clock yeah. to, to win games. So pretty incredible here with Pete Dalladay voice of the Peterborough Lakers. And I, and I want to stay on the MAM center here for a second and it closed down there for some renovations. I think they redid the ice plant or something there and, yeah. and kind of unfortunate timing doing it before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit <laughs> it was like just unused. I don't know why they didn't wait for, you know, coronavirus to show up before yeah, they did right. that. But, um, What's it like to call a game from? I've never been to the MAM Center. It's it's on the list, man. I've been to most rinks around our country in the summertime, but never Peterborough. What kind of perch do you got up there to call across? Yeah, not not the best uh, broadcast location as far as the perch is concerned. Now, as I mentioned, my dad did the games years ago, and he was way up top. And when they did the renovations. Uh, they brought the broadcast booth down to almost like the last row of the seats, if you will. Mm. So we're right in the middle of the crowd. So that way it's kind of cool. Like you can feel the electricity, but it used to be pretty wild up top uh, when you could see everything and hear everything on the floor too. But it's a great rank. It's right up there with, uh, you know, some of the traditional ranks, whether it be, you know, New West and Victoria out, out that way. It's just something about it when there's 3,600 screaming fans in that building. It's uh, it's amazing. And, it's, and we've had that 
first couple games of the Man Cup. It just feels so good to be back in there. As you say, we've missed it through the pandemic, through renovations. It's been since, I think, 2018 since the Man Cup has been played in there. So it's back. Lock and lands down. It's, uh, it's the place to be on Thursday nights here in the summer. Yeah, 3,600, and they pack them in there. And the atmosphere is coming through on the broadcast. Like, you can hear... The displeasure from from a few fans on maybe some non-calls and that sort of yeah. stuff. But like that's what you want in a summertime game is to have that intimate atmosphere. But also, you know, like you're talking 35, 3,600 people and it gets rocking in there. The, the beers are flowing and, and it's all Peterborough too, right? It's not kind of fans coming from the greater Toronto area here. This is Peterborough proud and they really get behind their Lakers there. Gives them a big yeah, advantage. You- yeah, it's it's uh, you know what it's funny it's it's a huge home advantage you would think but sometimes I think that the visiting players get so jacked up yeah. to be playing in front of such a a big crowd not that they don't in the National Lacrosse League a lot of these guys now play of course pros you know and so it's not a as big of a deal but the intimacy of it and and they they still love it whether you talk to a guy like uh, Billy D, uh, who just came out of retirement, he still <laughs> loves going in there. He, I yeah. mean, he's played in Banditland and whatever, but they still love coming into the Memorial Center on a Thursday night. And you mentioned the beers. Uh, the beer guy there at the rank tells me they sell three times as much beer <laughs> during the summer Lakers game than they do a Pete's game uh, in the winter time. That does not so that shock me you. whatsoever. <laughs> that does not. That Batley's yeah. probably responsible for half of that. No. Jamie uh, would be responsible for a couple Bud Lights for sure. Um, of course, he's the head of our alumni now, so he's got to somewhat behave himself yeah. most nights. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Was he a bit of a catalyst for you to get to Halifax? How did that all shake out? Uh, you know, when the, the Halifax T-Birds moved from Rochester to Halifax, and um, you got the gig there along with Patty Gregoire. Did, did Batley, I know he was part of the staff at the time. Was, was that a little bridge that, that helped that happen? Uh, I don't. Yeah, it certainly helps having him there now. I, I don't remember uh, Bats uh, huge part of that, um, but I mean, he. I know he's always been close to Kurt Styers, and and uh, so so hopefully he gave me a you know put in a good word in for me. And I know to be honest with you, I, uh, I know Jake Weathers went to bat for me as well. And when when you know because they think a lot of Jake and and uh, Charlie Ragusa, yeah, uh, they got talking and. Um, I know Jake was excited that I was joining Halifax and I, and I've thanked him for that because you know, it's been a great ride. I love it down there. I've fallen in love with, uh, with the city and and the organization and, but, uh, and the the chowder probably as well, right? Yeah. Well, Patty's the big chowder guy for sure. As you know, like you've probably had, he's walked down some just before some of your, uh, your Twitter uh, conversations. Sure. He's, I gotta, I gotta eat this quickly. I gotta get online. Yeah. But um, yeah, the food is great. Uh, the beers are good back there too. But at the end of the day, the, the lacrosse is yeah. fantastic. They've done, they've done nothing really but win there. In fact, I've the games. I, I think I've never seen them lose a home game. To be honest with you, wow. uh, they, they have, and yeah. I missed it because they were, they were TSN games of the week or something. So. Yeah. I feel like I should be at every game. That's the way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> and last year was kind of funky with the no fans and playing in Toronto. Oh, it was weird. Yeah, yeah it was a weird uh, year. But uh, I can't wait to get back at it. It's not, you know, it's just around the corner, right? Training camps. I know, draft man. Is, it's is wrapped it, up. It's, it's, it's getting un- close. It's unbelievable how just one season kind of molds right into the next one now. And I'm I'm here for it, man. As uh, yep. we speak with the voice of the T-Birds, why don't we stay on the T-Birds here for a quick sec? Sure. Uh, NLL entry draft just passed. And listen, I I don't know how many picks 
the T-Birds really needed to make this this draft. I think they're still pretty loaded, and you pick up Randy Stotts, and you've signed a couple of free agents in Oakley Thomas and others. But they go out and get Bo, Bo Hunter and Jerry Stotts, two guys that Kurt's very familiar with, and, and yep. they'll be familiar with the franchise as well and have a crack at making this roster here. Yeah, it's uh, it was a really interesting draft. I mean, it was a very family-themed uh, Yeah, what was opening, it? Like opening four, couple of rounds. four kids going to where their dads are employed, essentially, right? Like Dowick, yep. Govett, I'm trying to – and there was two others – Hazen. Yeah, Hazen. There was two others in Clark and, and another one that, that didn't go that route. But it's neat Could've. to kind of see uh, how, you know, the, the older guys that are in the league and have been through the league and are now coaching mm-hmm. the league, here come the kids. Yeah, uh, This is this is crazy <laughs> because, I mean, not only does it make you feel old, but it's just that generational tying together that that's unique to our sport, I think. It is unique, and and I loved it. I kind of I kind of thought it was kind of a neat theme on on Saturday during the draft were, were the connections, and yeah, and Austin Hazen is, is is a player that I got to see a lot this year play. Uh, Mike Hazen's kid, and yeah. I knew when they sort of made that trade late in the first round, they're traded up a bit. Uh, you knew he, he was going to go, and he had to get back to Peterborough to play game number two. So they're so, like, "We got to hurry this up." So did Dad, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They both had to get back, and they got back in time. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, Halifax, you're right. It, it, it's they're set up nicely for right now. They're in, and they're still in a win now mode. So the draft maybe not quite as important to them as some other teams like Rochester, like Vegas, that are really still building New York, you know? So I thought it was a, a neat move to, to pick up uh Kurt's son there. And uh, he's a big kid. I tell yeah. you that. I'm not no, sure I saw I'd want to uh, go one-on-one against him. Yeah, no, I saw him at the, the president's cup and uh, was pretty impressed with, how about uh, San Diego and, and Dong at 69 P what'd you think of that? Yeah. You know what? Like <laughs> hashtag <San> Diego, nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I tell you, they're uh, what a team. Like I, I've been spoiled this week watching, you know, Curtis Dixon and, uh, and Dane Doby and, uh, and, and Frank Shiliano. I yeah. mean, San Diego, I tell you, uh, Oof. we don't get to see them a lot here, but, uh, I like how they're shaping up here. My goodness. Uh, you're right. They're, they're going to be an absolute unit out there. I, it's going to be interesting to watch yeah. to say the least. Uh, all right, let's get back to the man cup here. How many, yeah. how many man cups is this for you now? I, I'm going to, Jesus, I think five, I'm going to, I'm going to say five or six. Yeah. I don't even. I don't keep track of too no, many I, milestones I, like that. I guess that, when you're I, doing that many year after year, you kind of just kind of get lost in it, right? Yeah, maybe it's closer to eight. Yeah, I don't know, but it's an honor every time you get to do one. And I, I didn't think perhaps this year I'd get a chance. Six Nations just looked really good in the finals, and Cody Jamison was playing really well, and the Stotts brothers and. They both they had both uh, good good goaltenders going too. So I thought this one's going to go seven, and if it goes seven, it could go either way. But something turned, and uh, and the Lakers got it done in six because I don't think they really wanted to go down there for for a game seven. So I feel fortunate to be able to call this one. And you know, as we record this, it's it's early still. I'm not sure how deep this one will go, but uh, hopefully it does go six or seven. Well, I was going to say this is kind of moda operanda here for the Peterborough Lakers who seem to like to get down 0-2 in series before they show up in the Man Cup. We saw this back against the Thunder in 2012, Pete. And then, you know, recently in 2017 against New West on the road, they got yeah. down 0-2 and then pulled the reverse sweep. But, you know, game one, 16-11, I think a pretty convincing win for Langley in that game. Peterborough just didn't seem to have their legs underneath them. 
and you knew they were going to come out and, and deliver their best punch in game two. And it was about <laughs> that game wow. two, man. I, I, I'm still just kind of going back over that in my head and all the things that happened in that game, like two, two after the first four, four after the, the second, another, mm-hmm. you know, tie in the third. And then the, the, the craziness at the end of the how how's Scotty doing by the way because uh, I know he's been cranking out these videos with the <laughs> clock and uh, you know, is he okay back there because I know that one stung him pretty hard. Yeah, well, yeah, Scott Arnold, my color commentator, he's been pumping out these videos, timing the uh, the, the, the the play that uh, you're referring to with yes. Connor Robinson, the up play, to Curtis the play, yeah, the play. I I mean, I've done, I don't know, I'm gonna guess, I've say, I've broadcasted close to a thousand lacrosse games or whatever, but I've never seen anything like that uh, in in so little time. Like the the play where the Lakers dumped the ball down the floor. You can argue that. I'm not sure what the, you know. Yeah. I guess they thought, let's just get rid of it. There's no way in heck. Well, the that pass be able that to, Robinson oh. makes is None. just unbelievable. Like I, you know, say what you want about the catch from Dixon and the extra pass yeah. and the finish from Doby. It's mm-hmm. the pass from Robinson. Oh, <laughs> that, that might be the greatest pass I've ever seen. I, yeah, I wouldn't argue that. Uh, the perhaps the longest and the greatest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got thinking about it. like, if he's a right-handed shot, he can't pull that off. Right. It's a, there's so many things had to come into play for it to happen. And he's just found enough opening, whipped it to, up to Dixon. Yeah. I mean, you don't practice those things. At least I don't think no, you, do. you I don't, don't. <laughs> you don't No, you don't, but it was incredible. It was one of the most uh, exciting plays I've seen. And, and whether it was after the buzzer doesn't matter at this point, it's over. And, it was one hell of a play. So, and then, I mean, uh, that, but it didn't end there, Pete, right? Like, let's not forget Thomas Hogarth scoring with four oh, seconds to go yeah. in the first overtime to send it to double OT. Like, this game had it all. I think Peterborough was up near 80 shots. And, you know, Dobie and Dixon, I think they, between them, I think they have about 40 points in two games. So game three here tonight, uh, you know, it'll be over by the time the listeners hear this as it'll be on Tuesday, Pete. But what are you expecting in, in game three here from not only the Lakers, but the Thunder as well? Yeah, well, I, I don't expect anything less uh, from the Thunder from what we've seen so far. I mean, they just got to keep playing the, the way they've been playing. And, and, and Curtis Dixon's been fantastic. And the guys we've mentioned, Dolby and, and Church has been good as well. Kinnear was good in game one. So they, yeah. they need to change nothing uh, as far as their game plan. They had an off day yesterday, whether they took advantage of that or not. It's probably just nice to get out of the, the city, maybe. I don't know if they, they had it out. But as far as the Lakers are concerned, I, I you know I think they get Joel Resiteritz back uh, tonight. So that's going to help on, you know, as far as right-handed shots are concerned and you know, Hogarth was, wasn't 100% on Saturday. You would never know it the way he kind of Man. finished with that amazing third period in overtime. Yeah. So he's going to be even healthier. And, um, you know, I expect uh, there's no one more ticked off, I think, and it, this won't surprise you, than Sean Evans. I mean, Evie gets uh, up, upset <laughs> over a lot of things, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's what motivates him, though. That's what yeah. makes him a good player. And he is now, like, I think nine points away. I know. I saw, I saw yeah. the three assists added to his totals after game one. If that's not Peterborough special right there. I, Victoria used to do that with a guy named Rick Brown. Sometimes he... He wouldn't even be in the lineup, Pete. And and there's the second assist. The guy's got six <laughs> assists on the night uh, yeah. on the official score sheet. But, no, seriously, like I don't think enough people are really talking about Sean Evans when it comes to this. Like he is about to eclipse 
John Tavares in Man Cup all-time scoring. That is crazy to say out loud because you just never thought somebody would snap that. And he's going to oh, do it yeah. in less games, I think. Less games. And um, if you if you go down one more down the list, you know, John Grant Jr. actually is third yeah. uh, points per game if you do the math. And I'm not good at math, but he, he would sort of be ahead in that category because he played even less games than those two guys. But, I mean, the, what makes it incredible with Sean is is it's been with one team. You know, not that to take anything no, away from no, JT no. Yeah. at all, but he, he sort of, uh, you know, did it with different teams. Maybe that made it tougher. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about perhaps. to say, maybe that's even right? more difficult. Yeah. Maybe it is, but it, it is incredible, and he will do it because, you know, he's good for probably five or six points tonight, I would think. He's he's motivated and ready to go, and it, he's almost like, uh, you know, there's times where you look at Evie and go, okay, how much does he have left? He's getting up there. A little, we're all getting older, but. Man, he, he he has looked really, really good over the last little bit, and I expect him to have a big night uh, tonight. And they just need to get some goaltending. So, you know. Who starts Vin- tonight? Who starts? Yeah. I, mean, I know we're talking game three here, but is it Buckin or is it Vino? Because I kind of feel like they're going to go back to Buckin for game three. I think you're right. And, you know, and, and Matt, I think, I mean, I know he's a finely tuned athlete. I mean, uh, if any of us can be in the shape he is in, I would take that in a heartbeat. But yes. he, that was a long night Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he played a lot of lacrosse. And uh, if you can go back with a guy that's fresh, why wouldn't you? Do you think that's been the biggest difference in the series so far has been the goaltending, Pete? Because, I, you know, Frankie, like you can't apologize for having a star in your net right because he's part of your team and and that's part of the the deal but I think Frankie throughout the playoffs here in the in the west and into the man cup has just been a little bit better than his opponent at the other end of the floor do you think that's been the biggest difference and we've seen some pretty high scoring games here so far through the first couple do you think that trend continues or do you think it comes back down to earth a little bit and we kind of settle into kind of a, a 12 10 11 9 sort of thing I wouldn't be get. I wouldn't be against a nice uh, twelve uh, nine game tonight, or whatever the case may be. I mean, we're not quite used to the fifteen fourteen oh. games here, right? Uh, that's kind of old school, but um, yeah. I, I mean, I I would one hundred percent agree. Uh, Shiliano has been the better of the three goaltenders uh, so far that have been in this series. Um, I do still think there's a slight advantage to Peterborough the fact that. You know, and not, this isn't anything against Steve Fryer because he can play with the best of them and have sure. seen him win big games here in this building before, too. So, yeah. but to have that option of going with Buck and or Vince is not a bad problem to have. No, absolutely. And, and, uh, you, you know, a lot of people, obviously, when you're talking Langley Thunder, you're talking Dixon and Doby and Robinson and Church and all these guys up front. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the question mark coming into the series was the back end for Langley. They knew what they had in goal, they knew what they had up front. But it was that young crop of defenders there for Langley that had zero man cup experience. They're very young rookies, sophomores. If you know, if they're in the lineup here, never mind the junior A call ups that are getting the job done here for Langley on the back end. So you being a, a Eastern guy and a, a Peterborough guy, seeing the Thunder live and in person for the first time, who were some of those guys on that back end, those youngsters that have really stood out for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't get to watch a whole lot of sort of, uh, well, I'm, wa- I'm watching the game, but I'm not, I don't get to focus too much on the defense. I, Patty Gregoire, of course, he's the master at, uh, he, he loves watching the D guys, but I mean, yeah, Magnuson's been good. Uh, Salama, hopefully I'm pronouncing that yeah, right. Yeah, what a Salama, yeah, what uh, yeah. what a pickup he was, of course, one yep. of those PLL guys. And unfortunately for maybe you, Pete, the, the Water Dogs winning <laughs> yeah. uh, on the weekend, so no Jake Withers available tonight. 
Yeah, that was uh, watching that one with mixed emotions because there are some other Peterborough guys on that team. Ethan Walker, Courier is there. Right. But uh, part of me was hoping they would lose so they would get Jake Withers back. Uh, he would have been probably playing tonight and then the rest of the series. So, But good on them. I mean, uh, they got something special going on down there. But, yeah, to get him back, you know, Abbott's been good. I mean, it, they're just – we looked at them in warm-up on the first night, and, they, you know, they look like uh, – some of them look like they were coming out for midget tryouts yeah. or uh, U18s or something. But they have – they have stepped up to the plate, and they're playing against some of the best offensive players in the world, and good on them. Uh, they're doing a great job back there. Cal Slade, Aaron Skye. Yeah. Uh, they've uh, they've really shown up here. I'm so excited to see what happens in Game 3 here. Game 3, Monday night, of course. Game 4, when you're listening to this, will be tonight, and then Game 5, if necessary. And I think it will be, Pete. Like, I think this series is a long way from over. I think Langley's got a good shot, but they're not They're not going to just roll over the Lakers here. I don't see that happening. So um, settle in, my friend. Uh, keep up the good work. I really wish uh, I could tune into to your TV, Peterborough, and, and watch you guys in, instead of the YouTube feed. I'm not going to lie to you here. But uh, fortunately, that's not an option for us here on the West Coast. But enjoy calling the series. And uh, make sure you keep that hair game up because you cannot let Pat Gregoire uh, show you up when, when it comes to NLL season. I won't have it. Yeah, he, he's tough. I, I uh, we, We're roommates out there, and I sometimes I will uh, check out his, his product. product. Yeah, what? His yeah. Product, yeah. T- yeah. Tweet he's that out because game. I think the, the peoples <laughs> I will. need to know what, what's going in that salad. I totally will, for All sure. Right. Thanks, All Jake. Appreciate All right, it. appreciate it. Pete Dalladay right there, voice of the Peterborough Lakers and Halifax Thunderbirds game. Three goes tonight. That's Monday night, game four on Tuesday. And you can check those out live, free on YouTube. Or if you're in the area, your TV, Peterborough, for Pete Dalladay and Scott Arnold. Period two is done here on the podcast, so we still got one more to go. Evan is back for period three. Report cards and lax glass locks. It's all coming up here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Crew Chief Todd LaBranche. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. What's going on, Lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Here into the third period we go. Not before I tell you about our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com stands for Labels and Packages. Focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned by the Ashworth family, uh, who's... Big 49ers fan of, I've uh, mentioned this a number of times, they're back underway in the National Football League. 49ers get handed a loss in their opener, which uh, won't make Sean too happy. Hopefully he's not listening to this. But uh, if you need a label and you need a package, go to Associated Labels and Packaging, and they'll set you up. Evan, welcome back to Last Class. What's going on? Oh, well, just some crazy days at work. Um, looking forward to Man Cuff getting back underway and. You know, I'm just loving how the PLs turned out. This is two point eight, hilarious and funny and and great all at the same time. So you know what? It's 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 great to watch. Uh, Blaze Reardon making a save with his jock uh, at the end of regulation, saving a two point shot off of Tom Schreiber. The Chaos are back in the PLL final. They'll play the Water Dogs. 
tons of Canadians on both teams, and you love to see it. Uh, no whip snakes either, which uh, Tino's happy about. I'm not particularly disappointed about that either. I think it's going to be a great final. Chaos, Water Dogs coming up this weekend as well. And that leads us into our parlay this week. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into this, Evan, or are you good? No, I'm good. I'm just hoping that my uh, my Peterborough bet turns around the next few days. Yeah, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> Both of you guys kind of screwed us last week as the cold streak continues. So we'll talk about that here in a second. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hear by the clap, lock of the week. It's a big luck, all right. All right, fellas. This is the week. Lax Class Locks, presented by Coolbet Canada. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Something I have been not doing over the last couple of months is my account continues to dwindle away. Although I snapped the, the cold streak on a little UFC and NFL uh, this weekend. So I think I'm back on the right track, which positive vibes only here. And, uh, you know, I listen, guys, I did my job uh, last week. I had the Thunder plus one and a half in game number one. Not only did they cover that, but they won by five goals. And I was sitting back thinking, okay, this is good. And then I realized, oh, yeah, Tino took the un. <laughs> Tino took Who the un. pushed him into taking uh, the under? We're not we, talking about that. We have that. the receipts. We got the receipts, <laughs> we, we, we baby. <laughs> we're not talking about that. Uh, and Evan took Peterborough in game two. Came but but within, Kevin, if you talk to certain Peterborough fans, it's not me that screwed us. It's the refs. So point zero one <laughs> away from, from Evan getting it right. But he got it wrong, too. So I was the only one that was right last week uh, for the record, people. just uh, You just, know what you're doing right now, Jake? You're like that guy on the bench that's like, had my guy. Yeah. Hey, had my guy. It's not my fault. We got scored on. You <laughs> know, except you, he called for a, a, a you know, a, a switch when it didn't need to happen. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. This week, uh, because we just need a win here, we're going to do something a little unique, a little simple. We're going to stay away from the man cup this week at Evan's uh, discretion here. And Evan, I'm going to let you lay this out here for the people, but we're going to prop bet. For a one-game showdown here in the PLL final. Yeah, so unfortunately, just because of how the broadcast works and what have you, it's difficult to get a Man Cup parlay to you on time. By the time you listen to it, it's like, well, it's a different game. So here's what we got. we Chaos Water Dogs. There are a whole slew of box lacrosse players, and not just Canadian and Haudenosaunee players. There's a ton of American box cross players too, but we are going to just ignore them for a split second there. <laughs> and, We're and, ignoring but, you, Americans. Here's a prop that I asked Coolbet to put down, and they put it down for us. They said, what is the line for every Canadian and every Haudenosaunee player to, for points, so goals and assists, in this final? So there are... Chaos, there are nine Canadians, one Honda Sony player. There are six Canadians on the water dogs. So Berg, Byrne, Fouché, Frazier, Cook, Jackson, Rogers, Ryan Smith, Dean Smith, Ian McKay, Ethan Walker, Zach Courier, Matt Hosick, 
Reese Withers Ward. So there's that many of them. One's a goalie. One's a goalie, but you know what? He can get assists, yeah. right? So they have put a line of 20 and a half, and they are going to give you plus 110 on the over, over 20 and a half points combined Canadian effort in the PLL final. We're taking the over, plus 110, put everything in your account down on this bet right here. It's coming home. Over 20 and a half. What do we got? 16 Canadian, no, 15 Canadians and one Haudenosaunee, right? Right. Book it. How deep are you going on this, Evan? 300, I've got, 400? I've got my bet down already. What'd you put on it? I don't know. I'll, I'll keep that quiet, but oh. I've got my bet on. <laughs> Dude, Evan put it but you know what? Bet. I've also got money that I forgot I put back in February on chaos to win the whole thing, yeah. which looked like it was a sunk bet for the longest time, which is why you kind of forgot about it, but it's not a sunk bet anymore. <laughs> okay, so no three picks. It's just one pick this week. It's a prop bet, 20 and a half points, 16 players going over, plus 110. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Uh, by the way, if you're new to the podcast here, or if you've been on that fence, Get off the fence, sign up to CoolBet, first-time depositors get a return of free money when you put in your first-time deposit. 20 bucks, you get 20 bucks back. 50 bucks, you get 50 bucks back. Put in $200, up to 200 smackaronis. CoolBet will match you, but you have to use the bonus code LAXCLASS. That's the only way it works. Put in the bonus code, top left corner there, little green button. Bonus code LAXCLASS, one word. And when you make your first time deposit at CoolBet.com, they'll match you. Free money. Do it! And then uh, search up the Lacrosse Classified Parlay. Well, it's just a prop bet this week. But just search up Lacrosse Classified in the search bar there. Bet will come up. And uh, like I said, bet the mortgage on this one because it's going to happen over 20 and a half uh, in the PLL final by Canadian and Haudenosaunee players. We good? Very good. Good. All right. It's report card day. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Report cards, Lax Glass report cards brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Hats, they got all sorts of type of hats at Stampede Tack. Cowboy hats, baseball hats, toques, beanies, fedoras, bowlers. I don't know if that's actually true or not. But if you go on stampede.ca, find the hat section, peruse. You're going to find a hat you like. Need a good hat in the summertime? Well, it's just as equally important in the wintertime. That's where all the heat escapes, Tino. It comes right out the melon. So you got to keep that thing covered up. Stay warm. Do it with a hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Report cards. Tino, I know you're ready. I don't know if Evan's ready or not. So I'm going to let you go first with this week's report card. Yeah, I'd love to. And I think you know where I'm going already. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. But yesterday I spent my day like eight or nine hours or something like that filming for BC Sports TV down at the BC Sixes event. Like I said before, just unreal vibes. There were over 300 athletes there, whether they were 
teams signing up or individuals that were like free agents and then put on a team regardless, but go to their Instagram, the BC sixes Instagram page, and you'll see all the championship photos. There's a big picture with all the athletes and just overall, like I was talking to a bunch of people in between games and in between quarters and stuff, just, you know, there are people that were traveling from Edmonton. There was a team from the States. There were teams from Victoria. There were local teams. Like people were coming from all over driving, flying, like all kinds of travel to spend their weekend here playing BC sixes. And for me personally, it was my first time seeing it live in person. Um, it is like a lot faster than, than what I was anticipating. Um, but for my, for personally, my first time seeing it live, like I thought it was a huge success. The event as a whole, I think was a huge success. I know it was the brainchild of Keith Gagne and Randy Clough, you know, just a plus to the event as a whole, because I think it exceeded expectations. And, you know, like all the athletes looked like they were just having the time of their life. And, you know, like the, the air quality conditions obviously weren't ideal. It was pretty smoky, but Saturday, from what I understand, it was pretty clear and just everybody having a good time, good vibes. And yeah, just a overwhelmingly positive outcome. I like it. I like it. Uh, I still have yet to see sixes live, but I think it's growing on me. And honestly, guys, I don't think this this discipline of lacrosse is going anywhere anytime soon. So you better wrap your head around it. You better get on board with it because I think this is going to be the the thing that's going to take over lacrosse here is is sixes and uh, Keith and Randy getting ahead of the game. And, and this thing is just kind of starting here. I think it's going to be bigger and better next year as well. So uh, shout out to the Extreme Guys, original sponsors here on the podcast and uh, to BC Sports TV, Keith Gagne, for making it all happen this weekend. And, and like I said, I heard nothing but good things about it all weekend long. Evan, your report card. Yeah. Um, on to the positive vibe. Uh, a plus to the dominance of box lacrosse players in mm. the PLL. Okay. We know chaos. We know Andy Towers loves his Canadians. He's got almost half his roster is Canadian. But he also has a handful of American box lacrosse players on his team, including Blaze Reardon, although plays a different position. You know, he has got Mac O'Keefe. He's got Mark Glissini. He's got a few Americans. Water Dogs, I took a look at it, too, because I, when John Grant Jr. posed the question to me on Twitter. There's six Canadians on that team, all of whom play box lacrosse. There are 14, minimum 12, as many as 14 NLLers. On the Water Dogs team. So that's just how many Americans they have on that team playing box lacrosse. And I know some people are going to say, well, chaos shouldn't be in the playoffs, this, that, the other things. Look, let's put it this way. First off, Andy Towers knew what he had to do to get into the playoffs. All you got to do is, you know, what do you need? You need a chip and a chair, right? That's all you need to get in. And he inherited a banged up team. He didn't even have his whole team for the first four weeks. When he got it, they're still trying to adjust. You know, Max Adler had a torn torn muscle going into the season. He didn't have him for a while. Everybody else was hurt. So the fact that it took longer for this team to get it together should be natural. But the thing is, they know when to play and when to play hard. But the thing is, if you want any evidence especially we're talking American players here, that you need to learn box across. Take a look at the PLL right now and just see the fact that over half of the roster on both these clubs going into the final are box lacrosse players. And I think you're going to start to see more and more of these teams in 
in the PLL start to look to box players because Andy Towers is in the finals three years in a row now. Water Dogs have now made it to the final. You might have a few traditionalists still that are going to stick to their field guys, but I think it's going to be a, a thing of the past. If you don't get your box lacrosse players in there, you're going to be behind the eight ball in the PLL very soon. Put it this way, kids play box lacrosse. Box lacrosse is superior to field lacrosse. That pretty simple way to put it right there. Or it's just a case of getting no, better, Evan. It's just better. The, it's a better <laughs> okay. sport. But it's a case of learning those skills that are so critical in the box game and applying them to the field game yeah. to better your game as a whole. Sixes is box across on a field. Canada is the champion of that. And, and you, know, while I'm out, it's, you know, a, a, a Big shout out to guys like Chris Cloutier and Josh. What Burnham. a goal from Cloutier We're, this weekend, too. Holy two shit. of them. He did it back to back. That was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get the clean sweep here. I'm also giving out an A+. Plus. Three A-pluses this weekend. How about it here on Lax Class Report Cards? To my man, Steve Hay, who every year puts on the Beer Hunter Cup. This was year 14. I cannot remember having better weather for the Beer Hunter Cup than what we had this weekend. It was a scorcher out there. The cottage springs were flowing freely around the facility. Let me just say that. And it was just a fantastic day out there. They raised another buttload of money for Chris Lashenko and his rehabilitation fund. Over the 14 years, I believe the Beer Hunters and you know everybody else who has participated in it, Thank you to, to everybody because their donations go a long, long way. I think we're over 50K now, boys, what we have uh, been able to raise here for Chris Lashenko, who was paralyzed in a freak accident back in Bishops where Steve Hay went to university and um, he, he's paralyzed from the neck down and it costs a lot of money for him to have the things he needs to make his life as, as comfortable as it can be. And uh, each and every year, they put this thing on, and it just gets better every single year as well. So shout out to, to Chelsea and Steve and everybody who helped put on the event, everybody that donated a, a prize for their, the, the, the raffle, the auction. Just a fantastic day. It's one of my favorite days of the year, and the Beer Hunters are crowned champions this year as well, which made it extra special. So A-plus goes out to the Beer Hunters and the Beer Hunter Cup as well jake if it, can i just add on to that as well real quick because you said at the beginning that they uh raised one buttload of money mm-hmm. so i just really quickly googled uh buttload the, the like how much that measurement is as so just we're all aware it's 126 gallons okay so that just, sounds uh, about right 126 gallons worth of of dollars well i can tell you that's how much cottage springs was uh was poured down my throat that that day as well probably <laughs> so um Another great episode, guys. Uh, appreciate you being a part of it. We appreciate our sponsors uh, more than anything here. Stampy Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Cool Bet, Rycor, and uh, coming down the stretch here of the fall, got a spot open if you want to join the podcast and get in on the fun here on the podcast. You can just get at me, reach me in a variety of different ways. And we can talk a little turkey about that if you want to do that. But uh, in the meantime, give us a follow on social media at Shamlax, at Ferretino, at PXP for sports. Give the show a follow as well at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, Lax Class on Twitter. We've got a Facebook page, an email address, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. 
And also, don't forget to subscribe and review to the podcast. That helps us a great deal, so do that as well. And we'll be back next week, every week, with another episode of Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. But this one is over. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Farah, I've been Jake Elliott. For the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.